Terry Handy. Welcome to PM Excite, the podcast where each week I share ideas and tips to help property managers better connect with their clients and reduce the drama in their day. And I do this through the power of words because, after all, the way you communicate is the only thing that matters in today's world. Now, before we get started, I wanted to acknowledge that this podcast is, well, way longer than most of the episodes I do. And I really tossed up as to whether I was going to share this with everyone because, well, I thought it might be a bit boring and over the top. But then I thought about it a little more and recognised that this is actually a great case study that may help some property managers get their head around what to do if they themselves or if they find themselves in a similar situation. So I'm mixing it up a bit this week. Now, I can't guarantee it will be super interesting to everyone, but I think there are definitely some who will find this agency's story useful and perhaps it might help them overcome a a few tricky conversations they might be having with clients around compliance. So let's get started. Now, over the past few years, it doesn't matter where you're located, it seems that there have been updates or changes to legislation, or if they haven't come into effect yet, they've been slated to change. And for the most part, these changes to the rules and regulations are a good thing. Properties should be safe for the people paying to live there, and those property owners that don't care about their renters and the conditions they live in, well, they definitely should be forced to meet minimum standards and have safety checks completed. And if they don't, suffer the consequences. Personally, I have no interest in investors who aren't willing to install smoke alarms and safety switches in their properties, let alone not make the property secure. I think it says a lot about the type of people that they are. Now, as the person who is the one who has to deliver the message about the rules to their clients, you know, about what has to happen, how much it's going to cost and why they need to do this, it's no wonder property managers get so worked up about the topic of compliance. Some personalities get very cranky about being told they have to do something, particularly when it costs money, and definitely when it's the government telling them they have to. It's, it's almost like a challenge for them to oppose the law and, and their PM is the one who bears the brunt of their own little, let's say, resistance movement against authority. These kinds of owners make it tricky to deal with compliance and often simply because they are just too hard to face, they actually get away with not doing what they're supposed to do. We let things slide with them a little or we think we'll deal with them later, but later never comes. Or these people will delay responding by asking for quotes or dance around the subject. You know, they're going to think about it or they're going to get their guy to look at it. You know the type. So I just want to say, if you have some of these owners with properties in your portfolio and you know they are not compliant, there's no judgment here. I'm not saying it's okay, you definitely need to change that situation as soon as possible, but I can understand how it sometimes happens. And this is why I wanted to share in this episode how this agency recognised they had a problem, a big one, and turned it around into actually a great way to connect with their clients and reduce the risk to their agency. And they've done this since just before the end of March. This office, well, it's based in Melbourne. So any Victorian property managers listening, you'll probably be able to relate to their story. Actually, let's change that. I think wherever you're located, you'll be able to learn something from what these guys have done. Queensland, as an example, you might have some properties where the smoke alarms haven't been upgraded like they should have been by the start of this year. For those agencies who have upcoming changes to your legislation, listen and learn. You don't want to be two years down the track after the rules have changed, like these guys, 
and be still struggling to get your clients on board. It actually reduces the value of what you do in your client's eyes. Okay, let's look at the starting stats for this office. These guys have around 1,100 properties in their rent roll. Actually, before we get in too deep, I'll give you a little background for those of you who don't live in Victoria. Now, Melbourne agencies were impacted by COVID like no other area in Australia and New Zealand. They were locked down for months and months at a time and the whole property management industry was really placed under an enormous amount of pressure. Owners and renters were feeling very vulnerable and emotions were running high and just as everyone began to breathe a little easier, the new regulations came into effect. And not just one or two, a whole heap all at once. And the changes meant owners had to spend quite a bit of money when they were already taking a hit from rent reductions. They went from not even having to ensure a compliant smoke alarm was installed in the property to suddenly having to have inspections for not just smoke alarms, but gas and electrical safety checks too. And this is on top of the introduction of minimum standards. So lots and lots of stuff for everyone to get their head around. Oh, and the kicker for me was that these changes came into effect on Easter Thursday, I think it was. PMs couldn't even enjoy their four-day break. Their, their heads were spinning and their clients were in an uproar. And in the two years since these changes came into effect, well, it's a little more than two years, this team that I'm talking about has had an enormous amount of change. They've had different leaders, lots of turnover with different PMs in their portfolios and basically a really tough time. And with this disruption, the property managers and the clients have been left feeling unsettled and compliance was one of the things that slipped through the cracks a little. When you look at all that has gone on for these guys, you can understand how things have got a little out of hand. So Let's not be too harsh in our judgment of them and how they ended up in this situation. That, that's kind of what I'm saying here. Right. So like I said, they have a portfolio of around 1,100 properties. The first step we took with this project was to appoint a champion of the compliance project. We didn't come up with a sexy name for it, but we did call it a project because that's actually what it was, a project, and we needed a project manager. And this champion is someone who had worked with the agency for a number of years, but was returning from maternity leave. So it was really only available for about six hours, three days a week. And our designated driver of the project was key. Now, Sarah's length of tenure with the agency was important too. And I just have to say, she was the champion or is the champion of champions. Also, just so I'm clear, we treated the minimum standards piece as a separate project and I'll probably talk about that in another episode, particularly given the introduction and proposed introduction of this in different states. There's so much for us to learn from what has gone on in Victoria. So if you live somewhere else, I'm just saying pay attention to what Victoria has done. The project focused purely on getting clients on board with having their safety checks completed. So gas, electrical and smoke alarm compliance. We could then identify what works needed to be completed to ensure that the property was compliant. And guys, our timing could not have been worse. We started this at the end of the two-year rollout the government had stipulated, as in a couple of weeks before, and owners were already starting to feel the pressure of interest rate rises and increased costs for insurance and everything else that goes along with owning an investment property. So our next step was to identify which properties were compliant and had engaged their preferred supplier, which in this instance for the agency was Detector Inspector. So which properties the owner had advised they were going to organise the safety checks themselves, those properties where another supplier had been engaged to do the works, and those properties where the owner had not provided any instructions. We then broke the properties down further into 
different subcategories for each safety check. And these guys, they're using Property Me, so we created labels and got very specific with the information we wanted to be able to create a report on. So if you're using another platform, you'll be able to do something similar. So just to reiterate, we had four categories with three subcategories for each. As an example, those owners who had indicated they wanted to organise the safety checks themselves, we called the labels RRP-electrical, RRP-smoke alarm and RRP-gas. The property didn't have any gas appliances, then this label obviously wasn't used. In that instance, we added no gas as a, a label for a separate category. So pretty simple, but 13 separate labels to manage. But because things were starting to get a little messy or were a little messy to start with, we decided that we couldn't be too general or wishy-washy when we're working out where each property stood. And once we had a clear understanding of which properties fell under which category, we were able to get started. And the priority was those properties where the owner had not provided any instructions as to what they wanted to do. The owners who had spent the last two or so years ducking and weaving around the topic of safety checks. The ones who most property managers were really hesitant to speak with. And to create a baseline of who we needed to talk to, we used the subcategory of electrical RRP, no instructions. So every property has electricity. So we we're pretty sure if they had no instructions or no record of any checks ever being completed for electricity, this was going to be the largest category and also the one we needed to prioritise. And of the 1,100 properties this agency has under management, 447 of them were labelled electrical RRP, no instructions, which seemed like a huge number at the time and quite overwhelming. Now, once we had our baseline number established, we did the following things. So all owners in this subcategory received an initial email that was quite firm and used the deadline of the end of March to prompt action. So the tone was still very warm, but it was designed to shake loose any low-hanging fruit that we could get signed to the safety checks fast. But we also wanted any owners who'd already provided instructions, but we couldn't find a record of it, to let us know at this point. And we staggered these emails across the different portfolios at different times to test the client's reactions. We didn't want the property managers having to field a barrage of phone calls from upset owners. And this email worked very well. We had a, a couple of cranky owners who were exasperated because they'd already provided the information and and they let us know in an email, but our approach was to call those personally and apologise, which helped calm things down really quickly. We knew we would potentially upset some clients, but also recognise that if we knew about it, we could do something about it. And then at this point, we realised that some owners had opted in for safety checks to be completed on their owner's instruction form, but for whatever reason, the property manager concerned hadn't actioned this. We reviewed the last eight months, which was when this office started using a new system for these forms and identified all those clients who had ticked this box. We then sent them what we called a heads up email to keep an eye out for this charge on their next statement. And there was no pushback from these clients other than a couple of comments that they thought it had already been completed. And again, those clients who commented, they received a personal phone call to reassure them. Now, these work orders um, to the supplier were actioned immediately so that we could generate invoices and get payment sort of happening really quickly. We then sent a follow-up email to those clients who hadn't responded before the end of the March deadline, had again a quite a good uptake. Uh, so after two weeks, by the end of March, at least 100 properties were able to be removed from the list and had been signed up. 
Now, Sarah was responding to questions from some clients at this point on a daily basis, but it it ended up being less than 10% of owners that she was having to speak with um, personally. Now, after the March deadline, we sent a further email to the outstanding clients and we really softened this one up and added a little bit of humour, referring to ourselves as being persistent little so-and-sos or something along those lines. The uptake from this email was slower, but still quite good with around 50 clients coming on board each week. And then at this point, we were still staggering our approach across different portfolios, depending on what was going on. So as an example, a new PM had started and we couldn't bombard those clients because she was calling them herself and introducing herself personally. And and she was also discussing compliance at that point. And while that was going on, we recognized that we actually needed a second option for our clients, a little bit of a sweetener for those who were very price sensitive. The agency's preferred supplier was a little more expensive and required payment upfront. And this was a little off-putting for some clients. So Sarah interviewed a number of different providers, selecting another preferred supplier who was slightly less expensive and was prepared to do the work and then invoice. Now, this gave us another reason to reach out to those clients who had not yet signed up. And in the email, we acknowledge that the price is definitely something to consider. So we've sourced another supplier for you. Having this second option worked incredibly well at this point, getting some of those really tough cookies who had dug in their heels, who had dug in their heels across the line. And at this point, Sarah also emailed those clients who had indicated they would be organising the safety checks themselves. It's a really great email where she let them know we had a more competitive supplier now on our books if they would like us to manage this compliance piece moving forward. Again, there was a good result from this email. And we were now a couple of months into the project and down to about 150 clients, so going really well. And the 150 hadn't yet provided their instructions and we decided it was time to hit the phones. Sarah again took control of this. We didn't ask the property managers to do this, although if they were speaking with an owner about another matter, the topic of compliance would often come up because of the communication they were receiving and the property managers were able to answer questions and, and ultimately get them signed up too. So these last 150 or so properties had owners who were either very disorganised and disconnected from their obligations as a property owner, or as was generally the case, very resistant to being told what to do. You know the ones, they don't think the rules apply to them. Well, not really. So before we knew it though, the list was down to 50 properties without instruction. So the owner's objections simply crumbled when speaking with Sarah on the phone. And I asked her why she thought she was so successful with these phone calls. And she was very humble in her response. She said, Terry, sometimes they just need someone to listen to them, have a bit of a whinge to help them move past their resistance. And I just love this approach because she's absolutely correct. And another thing that Sarah did, which I was really impressed with, was bringing an offsider who had no experience at all as a property manager, let alone someone who understood all the ins and outs of safety checks. Zach is only 20 and ultimately wants to be a salesperson, but we were making use of him in the property management department for a while. So Sarah took him under her wing and coached him on having conversations with clients that would have, well, most experienced property managers, they would have been shaking in their boots. And he's a superstar. Between the two of them, they have done an amazing job. Zach has learned valuable skills around how to close a deal. Might not be the sale of a house just yet, but he's had a crash course in demonstrating benefits and, and value and getting some buy-in from some, well, from some pretty crusty clients. 
The other thing I want to point out is that Zach was really only able to give the project a few hours a week. So like Sarah, this was not his main focus for the week. And I don't think I mentioned it earlier, but we'd actually given ourselves a deadline of the 30th of June to have this project completed. So three and a bit months to do something that the portfolio managers hadn't been able to achieve in more than two years. With the clients, well, basically they'd been tagged as difficult and tight and really irresponsible. Personally, I thought we'd get to 50 and hit a brick wall. Initially, I was thinking "Mm, maybe 100, you know, around 10% of the overall portfolio. And then once I saw how well Sarah was going, I adjusted my expectations to the, the 50 mark. I was all prepared to go to the directors with a list of clients who were not willing to have safety checks completed and explain that the risk was just too high for the agency and that they needed to make a decision as to what they were going to do. But with only a few days to go until the 30th of June, as I'm recording this, there are only 13 properties without instructions. Three of those belong to one owner and we're giving these clients a last little squeeze this week to get them across the line some are just about there and then the directors will reach out to the others personally to ascertain whether it might be in the client's best interest to sell the property or if we're you know we'll just let them go if they don't so this is pretty much the only choice left at this point and it's been a wonderful result for this agency their risk has like it has reduced dramatically but what has been by far the most amazing thing that's come out of this project is the way Sarah has been able to reconnect some pretty unhappy clients with the agency simply by having or starting a conversation about compliance. So not only have these potentially difficult situations been sorted, but the client relationship has been recovered and even strengthened. Now, I think there's two reasons why they were so successful with this project. First, we had the right person for the job. Sarah is very client-centric in her manner and, you know, over the phone she is very good. So she was great at recovering the situation Uh, and it was very apparent when she was managing, you know, 200 properties. But now I think actually that she's come back after having a baby, she's even better. So I'm so proud of what she's achieved and and I hope she realises it too. And the second reason I think that they were successful because of the, the communication strategy. The emails, they were very clear, they had a purpose, but, you know, there there was... Like there's rules, there's no opting out of this was the the approach. But the tone of the emails was super important. The people who read these emails, well, they were generally not happy about the situation. We had to work extra hard to combat this. We also tweaked our messaging as we went to ensure we were hitting the spot. Even the confirmation emails after a conversation with Sarah or Zach were very considered. So there you have it. How this agency turned their very real, very difficult struggle with compliance into a huge success. Now, I reckon, Sarah, we could just about tackle the feet project. Now, how do you you feel about that? So if you got where I was coming from today and are really keen to lift how you're connecting with your clients, I'm sure we can help you at PMIC site because property management communication truly is our jam. Our owner newsletter is like nothing else available and we have loads of templates, all designed to help you save time and build great relationships with your clients. Check us out at pmxsite.com and I'll catch you next time.